Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today I have a very special guest with me, MJ Grant, yes, who is a friend of of a friend and who has become a friend of mine in such a short amount of time. <laughs> MJ Grant is just a wonderful human being. She's a lot to say and a lot to um, reveal. And I, first, I want to reveal how we met, which is through our mutual friend, Jennifer Pasteloff, who's been on my podcast and is a dear friend of mine. Welcome, MJ. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so excited to do this with you. Yeah, this is fun, right? Yeah, it is. It's really, podcasts are great and it's, um, it, it's great to be able to share some piece of yourself and story mm-hmm. of your life because everyone there's someone's going to relate to some of the things that you have to say and things that I have to say and like Jen and I have talked and mm-hmm. um it just connects us as humans yes to hear the um other people's experiences absolutely so just giving everybody here an idea MJ and I met through Jen Pasteloff Jen has her amazing book on being human and did a wonderful event with Elizabeth Gilbert, who has her book out as well. And they did a com- combined free event that sold out in like, you know, four minutes. It was free, but people still had to sign up. So people signed up, I think, like in less than four minutes, uh, close to 150 people. And mm-hmm. it was in Philadelphia. And it was called on being magic. Was yes. That it? yes. Oh, and it was. It and was MJ magical. went there. So can you tell us a little bit about the event? Well, it was an event. I know that um, Jen and Liz wanted to do a project together, bringing more love and magic to the world, kind of spreading that message. And um, Jen and I had connected a while back on social media. Yeah, and tell, tell everybody how Jen found you. It's, okay. She yes. has a viral video, everyone. It's <laughs> such a fun story, too, because I feel like it's, in some ways, it's a love story for friends, you know, mm-hmm. um, in creating new friendships and relationships with people. But I had a video uh, that I had posted on my Facebook account of my mother and I driving, and or I was driving. She was in the car, and we were having a conversation, uh, and she started talking about MJ, me. As if I wasn't there. And that was one of the first times she had done that. So I asked her. And and just back up, your mother 
My is, mother has, is deaf. Has, and I and and deaf, she, but she also has dementia. Dementia. Yes, okay. she does. So, she has yeah. dementia. And so, sorry, I yeah, should yeah. have uh, <laughs> added that piece. So she had, uh, I had just moved her back in with me. She was living in an assisted living facility in a memory care unit. So it was, you know, around the time she had moved back in with me. And so she had been with me a month and, you know, she knew who I was. It's just in that moment. She really didn't. And she was sharing with me as if I was her friend. And she was talking about MJ and Luann, my sister. And um, I realized she didn't realize that I was in the car with her. So I asked her where MJ was. And that's when the conversation really started to transpire around. Um, she had no idea. She hadn't seen her in a long time. And then after some scaffolding and, and me kind of like walking that path with her and hoping that she would eventually come to you know, some sort of idea that, okay, wait, this is MJ. And um, I, I never want to make her feel bad. Mm-hmm. I never want to embarrass her. I never want to, I don't believe in saying, it's me. You're talking about me. I'm MJ. I'm right here. I think that that's belittling and mm-hmm. it's hurtful. And, it, and you know, even though a person has dementia and they, they're forgetting things, they still, I mean, they, they still are the spirit, you know, of who they are. They still have that in them. And I feel like um, often we forget and uh, people, you know, it's easy to become frustrated by it and, and, and it's painful. But in that moment, I sort of wanted to see where we would go with this. And and through the conversation, she had this discovery of giving birth to me. She realized, she made a connection and and she was just thrilled. Yeah. And it seems like I've seen this video and we will be tagging it on the show notes. But um, if you have, I mean, you said 25 million people have seen it or something. I mean, it's yeah, on one of, yeah, yeah, a few, a few yeah. different social media sites that kind of repurposed it's, it. And, yeah. Of course, it's so poignant and beautiful. Yeah. But what I thought, what I saw in there is that it seemed like she really clicked at the fact that you were signing with her, sign languaging. Like, so she, she knew that somebody had taught you sign language and it seemed like the wheels started to, you mentioned your father, but then the wheels started turning like, well, who taught you sign? And yes. she, you said, yes. my mother did. And then she's kind of like, and I thought, wow, it was through this kind of magical language mm. that, you, that she was brought back to you. Yeah. I, and yeah, I mean, so I, I'm not quite sure how, who she thought she was with, but it was the moment I said, Manly is my father. Mm-hmm. that's when she made the connection and that's when she got excited and hugged me. And, and a moment later you could see the wheels turning again and she looks at me and says, you sign. And she signed it to me. You mm-hmm. sign how, how, who, mm-hmm. you know, right. I knew she meant who taught you. I think she forgot again for a quick moment. And then I said, you taught me, oh, you know, it's uh, yeah. so beautiful. And so Jen saw that and she, yeah, she touched. found me. Yeah, <laughs> like she found away. me. And she found you through that. She did. Uh, what a great connection. I, I want to talk more about that, but I really want to talk about your being raised by two deaf parents. Yes. And there's actually a word for it. I mean, there's a... Yeah, Makoda. A coda, which I didn't yeah. know that, that that means. Child of deaf adults or children of deaf adults. How common is... How, how many codas are there? I have no idea. I'm not <laughs> sure, but we have a we have an international organization. Okay, and we have conferences, and it's really an opportunity for codas to get together and celebrate our heritage. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very unique experience because you're you're living in sort of the subculture that not a lot of people understand and not a lot of people know about. 
you're almost your parents' interpreter in a way, even though you're not. But, mm-hmm. but there's obviously you can walk both worlds, the hearing world and then the hearing impaired world. Yeah, the deaf world, culturally the deaf world. Deaf world. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's just, it's a, it's a fascinating because like I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, how did your parents fight? Or how did they get, like, and, and I'm amazed, I'm thinking like it must have been, all, you just register the facial expressions that all you you talk so much with your hands because it's just part of your your other form of communication but like what is that like when, when growing up like how did you know that my it, parents were fighting obvious? oh was yeah other, i mean oh, yeah. you know yeah. I, they, yeah. they also use their voice too yeah, it's yeah, not yes, like right. you know i mean yeah. so they use their voice and, and they didn't really fight to be honest mm-hmm. with you um but they use their voice mm-hmm. sometimes too and and i was raised my mother would sign and talk at the same time she grew up speaking she grew up in a deaf school, and then she went to a public school for high school. I believe she was the first deaf person in the state of Rhode Island to ever go to a public school. She had no accommodations. Wow. Imagine that. No, I can't. No accommodations. She did it all on her own. Um, she wanted to go to the public school because she wanted to uh, be able to commute back and forth to home because at the deaf school, she had to stay in the dormitory. Um and she had a very rich experience at the deaf school. And that's where she developed those lifelong friendships. Her best friend has been her friend since she was three years old. Amazing. Oh, it's incredible. And so uh, my mother, after graduating from high school, went on to Gallaudet University where she actually learned sign language. I mean, they would sign in the dorms. Sometimes you'd, you'd be surrounded by uh, other deaf kids who grew up in deaf families. So they were very fortunate to be exposed to other deaf kids who signed. But um, she went on to Gallaudet University and and learns more sign there and uh, became more immersed in the deaf community. But she did have this habit of speaking too with us, my mm-hmm. sister and I. And and as I got older, you know, she would she would talk and sign at the same time. And I, at one point uh, in my life, I can't remember when it actually hit me that she didn't really need to talk to me. It was okay to just sign mm-hmm. that I understood her. But she would say, but you're hearing, you're hearing, and I need to speak to you. And that's really, in some ways, a sad message that was instilled in her at a very young age, because at that time, professionals, doctors, you know, many, you know, people in positions of power would give advice to parents to, you know, not sign with their children. You want them to assimilate to the hearing world. It's almost a subordination. Yes. Yeah. Like, and, right. Oh, well, you, you hear, so I have yes, to talk. Yes, I have to speak to you, and oh. which is why my kids don't really sign. Mm-hmm. And so that has been ingrained in her. Mm-hmm. But my father, he, he really embraced um, his identity as a culturally deaf person. And he, so what is what does a culturally deaf person mean? So I never really know how to talk about it, and I'm not the expert. <laughs> I mean, on I love talking this because I'm learning. You know, yeah. I'm I feel ignorant in a lot of these things, and yeah. I think a lot of people do. What is that? Yeah. So culturally deaf, I mean, to me, through from my perspective, means uh, those who embody, embrace, identify themselves as proud deaf individuals who use sign language to communicate. Um, They're very connected to the deaf community. They celebrate the heritage. They may have grown up in a a residential deaf school, staying in the dormitories. You know, their social circle consists of other deaf people who share in the same, you know, sort of pride. Mm -hmm. And so my parents were culturally deaf people. They are. I mean, my father has passed now. My 
My father was a very proud, culturally deaf man. My mother is a culturally deaf person who still from time to time will say she wishes she was hearing. Mm -hmm. She wishes she could hear. She wishes she wasn't deaf. And then at the same time, she really uh, values, you know, being deaf in sign language. So I think she vacillates. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you feel like um, having a, like this no hearing um, is, is it's referenced as a disability. Mm. And how do we need to reframe something like that? Because the world is set up we're not taught sign language in school. Right. I mean, we, you know, in America, we're not even taught necessarily a second language as, as a priority, which right. we should be because English is fast becoming not, it's not going to be the, the primary, the most spoken language. Right. But we certainly, I mean, learning sign language is like, it's not even offered in many schools, I can imagine. Many schools actually are starting to offer Oh, they are? Okay. Well, I don't know about many, mm-hmm. but there are more and more schools offering it. They're right. hiring deaf teachers. Mm-hmm. Deaf teachers are the best people to be teaching the language. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're native users. Right. They, you yes. know. So it's more. It's becoming more widely spread now. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely I'm seeing more and more people using it, right. uh, which is really, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the best way to reframe being deaf? Mm. It's just, it's something, it's a special, well, it's it's something that's, that you're born with or your, your mother had acquired. Yes. Yes. Well, I would say that it's just, it's a different way of being in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are many gifts and abilities any deaf person has just like any human being. Right. You know, the only difference is it's just, your auditory or your audiogram shows something different. Mm. And um, yes, they're part of a, a you know minority culture and, and all of that. And they are, uh, I, you know, I, it's, it's really hard to talk about this kind of stuff because it's like, I, it's second nature to me. Yes. I don't look at a deaf person and think the word can't mm. or disabled. Mm-hmm. I look at deaf people as, something you know as humans who have given me this rich life experience mm. you know i mm-hmm. mean i'm i grew up knowing sign language you know yeah. how amazing that was when amazing. i was a kid Ugh. i used to i was so proud of that and yeah. so proud i would just introduce myself to to other deaf people all the time and anytime i saw a deaf person in the community do you know my father i was so proud of my dad mm-hmm. he's my yeah you know, this is a daddy's girl you know my father manly grant and i would just go right up and start signing to them or i would be really proud to share that i knew sign language and i would teach my friends when i was young it was just it's always been something that i have just really embraced and and cherished it's a sacred experience and it's it's hard to explain at yes, the same time. Right. But I bet it makes you automatically, even if you're not even aware of it, automatically more open-minded to everything. Yes, right? I think so. Because you have lived in a, you were raised in a household that was mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. than you even were talking, you were telling mm-hmm. me this mm-hmm. story, which was very sad about oh, how you were yeah. in a house and your na- the neighbors yeah, complained you know, about it's so incredible. Parents sad. not being able to have deaf parents not being able to have children. Yeah. And yeah, that's really that was that was the tough thing growing up, trying to reconcile that, trying to grasp an understanding of why people treated my parents differently. Mm-hmm. And 
My mother, you know, when she met my father, my father was from Maine and my mother's from Rhode Island. And when they met, they got married and he said he wanted to move back to Maine. So they moved to Maine. She left her entire family, her entire community, and they established themselves in a new home, you know, and had two new children, you know, Mm -hmm. beautiful babies. And my mother's dream was to stay home with her children. And unfortunately, what happened was... As the years went by, the neighbors, I don't know if it was one or two neighbors or more than that, or, you know, what actually happened, but they started to, my parents started to feel like they were being watched and they were, um, people were suspect of them as if they couldn't take care of children or raise children or be good parents or drive or work or how do they do these things? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember vividly one time, having a police officer come to our door in the middle of the night because my sister had been crying because she wanted to sleep in my parents' room. And my parents were saying, no, you're not sleeping in our bed. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of parents do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sleep with my daughter, but yeah, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. let her sleep in our bed. But my parents were like, okay, you need to sleep in your own bed. She cried. Mm-hmm. My parents knew she was crying. Mm-hmm. The neighbors called the police because they heard a child crying and the police came to our door in the middle of the night And here are these two little girls seeing this flashlight, seeing my father walk to the door and answer the door with a cop standing there, Mm. you know? And then it's just, so after, you know, after a while of, of that kind of stuff going on, my mother felt very alienated. She didn't feel accepted or embraced by the neighborhood and they, they sold the house and we moved. It's and, like an example of xenophobia. Like yes. People, um, and this is, I think this is like the movement that my mission is to mm-hmm. open up the circle of compassion to all beings, all yeah. people. Yeah. And it, and, and, um, yeah, these are examples where we're like some, somebody is different in some way, whether mm. it's color of the skin or one of their senses is lost, but they have another extraordinary yes. superpower. You know, it's like, but it's not recognizable to, you know, this, the mainstream. And it's that otherness that is really getting us into trouble. It's yes. really bring, it's bringing hatred forth and fear and mm. ego, mm-hmm. you know, and all this. Like if something, our own attachments really come up and mm. it's, I'm I'm so sad to ha- hear that. Yes. And, yeah, um, me too. I, I would say by and large, I didn't see a tremendous amount of hatred towards my parents or, um, you know, I saw it. I did see oppression. I, I I could hear little comments here and there people would say, and it was confusing to me as a child. And I remember one time my friend, uh, her mother referred to my parents as deaf and dumb. I, <sighs> I cannot tell you mm. how profound that moment was for me. I was so confused. Yeah. What? I know. And that's terrible. Dumb. Like when, to use that, like when they, we talk about Helen Keller, I mean, I'm like, what? Who made up that? Yeah. And I think that they thought that was the appropriate way Mm -hmm. to refer to my parents. Mm. And it was just deaf and dumb. You know, it was so confusing to me. And I remember I didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything. I just locked it in. And that stayed with me for a long time. And then I started to realize, I started to make the connections. Oh, this is why, you know, this is why my mother is probably struggling with being here. You know, people are people are making these comments about them. People have have, have basically pushed them out of the neighborhood and she didn't have her circle of friends and 
um, that she had in Rhode Island and the level of acceptance. It's just, a, it was a lot of stuff to kind of witness. And my father, he just seemed lighter mm-hmm. about it all. But it's funny if I can just share one quick story with you. I, I asked my father before he passed, he just recently passed in June. I asked him how I got the idea of wanting to be a sign language interpreter. I don't know if you brought this up in the beginning, but I'm a sign language interpreter as uh, I do that as a profession. And I, I just know that I always wanted to be an interpreter, but I don't ever remember seeing interpreters growing up because accommodations were not provided to my parents in their workplace. I mean, it was very rare when, you know, they would hire an interpreter, have an interpreter come in for trainings or whatnot. And anytime we went to the doctor, you know, we never had an interpreter there. So I didn't understand how I got the idea of being a sign language interpreter. And I thought this was going to be some like amazing story my father was going to share with me. And he said, oh, well, the first time you saw an interpreter was the day we had the social worker come to our house to do an investigation to see if we were fit parents. Oh, wow. Talk about, oh. I mean, my heart, it just cracked. Mm. That was my first exposure to a sign language interpreter. Mm. Heartbreaking. That is. And he said, I stared at the interpreter and watched the social worker asking my father questions. And I watched the interpreter and I would watch my father and I would just go back and forth. And he said, then you looked at me and you said, I want to be that. I want to do that. And I pointed to the interpreter. I want to do that when I grow up. Oh, that gave me the chills. You saw that she was a connector. Yes. You know, yes. and she was in that situation, kind of, I don't want to say good guy, but like the, the, probably like the, the team player, like yeah, being probably. on your team yeah. in, in some ways. Yeah. I'm sure I that the there person was, was investigated, but she's like the, she's, uh, she, she's communicating and that's what, I mean, do you feel that way in a way that you're like this, you're this collaborator, you're this team player? With, I feel like I'm a connector, a connector, a yeah. connector. Yes. And that by nature, that is who I am. That's mm-hmm. why I love Jen so much. Yes. That's why I love you so much. Yeah. I can see that I'm you know, surrounded by people who are connectors too now in my mm-hmm. life. And I always love to, um, to, to even, you know, set people up on dates and, you know, I have to meet, you have to meet this person or that person. And so it's second nature for me to be a connector, but then to see and experience you know, two people using two different languages from two separate cultures, you know, coming together and, and a relationship starts to develop mm-hmm. because in some ways I am quote unquote, the connector, right. you know, right. and um, even though it's, it's really about interpreting and, and, you know, communicating intent and, and the spirit of the message, it's still, you're connecting two people. Yeah. And that, that just, I know that's yeah. amazing. And that, that's, that's your background, but that's also your mission. It's clearly it's this who is who I what, am. Yeah. That's who you are. Yeah. And this is what I, um, I've talked about, like, how do you find your purpose? And a lot of it is like listening. Mm. What makes your heart really beat and really you feel like you can feel like you're, you're on the path of, yeah. of what you're meant to do. Yeah. You wake up and it's, and it's every, every day is there, there's that it's, it's like this, it's your flashlight. You yes. Know, no matter what, if you're going through a dark moment or anything, it's always there. Yeah. And that is clearly what you're doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, don't get me wrong. There are times I'm burnt out mm-hmm. and I don't want to be an interpreter anymore because I want to be MJ mm-hmm. and not the person who's quote unquote invisible in the room. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned that. So what yeah. is that? So when you say invisible in the room, so somebody is giving a speech or something and you're interpreting it, 
how do you feel invisible in that way? Because Well, I think, you know, that's sort of an arch- archaic way for me yeah. to s- describe it. But when you're an interpreter, you really, you know, you have to stay really neutral. You, mm. You're really, you know, checking in on any filters you have coming up and you're, you want to embody and, and convey the spirit and intent of the message. Okay. And who the person is, you know. So you're more like, you're supposed to be more like a vessel as opposed yes. to, like if something were sad, mm. you're conveying the sadness. words that you're not supposed to necessarily take on the sadness. Or- well, I just, I can't give an opinion about oh, it, I you know, and I, or I, I can't partake in it. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. And th- I am also a person who walks through the world really enjoying communicating directly with people and making my own connections with people. And so on one hand, while I enjoy connecting individuals, I also enjoy personally connecting. Mm -hmm. And what can I do, you know, in my life that would allow me to, to work and, and be able to make those personal connections with people, not to say that I haven't made personal connections with a lot of people through being an interpreter, because I have. Mm -hmm. And knowing sign language has opened up this whole world for me so that I I not only communicate with people who aren't deaf, but I'm communicating with people who are deaf, you know? So if you look at my social media account, you see a lot of deaf people are on, um, are, are friends of mine on my account and because I can communicate with them, you know, because we have some sort of rapport. So it's a gift and it's a blessing. And I also am not just an interpreter yeah. at the same time. Well, know? let's talk about the other things you are. You're Dang. a mother of four, yes. which is crazy because yes. you look like you're a kid yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you are a, a wife and you are a caregiver of yeah. your for your mom and your mother-in-law. They yes. Live, I mean, this is like, yeah. that right there is, that's, a lo- that's enough hats to, mm. to keep you uh, full-time. Yes. Um, what, what, was the decision for having your parents or your mother-in-law and your mother live with you? Well, okay. So my mother-in-law, a couple of years ago, um, she had started showing signs of dementia and was getting very, very confused, um, not taking her meds regularly. She was, you know, sort of wandering down the street and would get picked up by, you know, the police and because she didn't know where she was. And mm-hmm. she ended up going to the hospital and they got her regulated on her meds, but she couldn't go home. And so we said, let's, let's let her stay with us. And the idea was, you know, she'll stay with us until we find her more support and a place. And it's been two years and, um, you know, you know how our system is really broken. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what else to say about it. It's been, it's, it's disheartening to know that, um, if you don't have a gazillion dollars, then you are going to be waiting a long time for appropriate care. Mm -hmm. And, so you either have to have a gazillion dollars or you have to be dirt poor. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you have to qualify if you're dirt poor, but if you yeah. have anything in between. Yeah, you yeah. get it. But, the, but also, so let's say you're dirt poor, mm-hmm. then you're on a waiting list anyway, because yeah. the, the places around, you know, who accept the you know, state insurance mm-hmm. and Medicare are full. Yeah. I mean, not Medicare, Medicare. Medicaid. I don't believe they, yeah, yeah it's Medicaid, Medicaid in our yep, state. For right. Yeah. So it's, it's incredibly sad. And so she's, so she's living with us. She's not deaf. Mm-hmm. And and then my mom, she had been living with us for about a year and a half. And then she started to wander a lot. That became a little dangerous. And so we found a place nearby, which is a memory care facility, um, assisted living center. And she moved there for a little over a year. And then we basically went broke because mm-hmm. who can afford that? Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, we, I was under the impression she would qualify for main care at that point and then be transferred into a different place. And, you know, the stars aligned because honestly, I never felt great about her being anywhere where people couldn't fully communicate with her as, as beautiful as, you know, people were in that place and the staff, they really are passionate about their job. Um, and, and they would try. And I also would see the things that would be misunderstood. Mm. that neither one, neither my mother or the staff realized they were misunderstanding. Did your mother also read lips? Because if no one there was interpreting, how did she? She was reading, she was kind of reading body language. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, my mom, as her dementia has progressed, all the layers of depression and anxiety and all of that have sort of like, you know, just kind of dissolved. Dissolved. Thank you. Yes. Dissolved. And she, you know, is, is like me, a connector. She Mm -hmm. likes to connect with people. So just another human being who's smiling right, would right. make her happy, right. you know, but it, it, to me, it just felt really unfair for a person who, you know, if I look at her life, I think, okay, she grew up, you know, having um, to have always made sort of uh, concessions, if you will, to the hearing world. And now, um, you know, then she gets, she, she's college educated, right? Mm. and ends up working in a factory because, you know, that's where she was pigeonholed. Worked in a factory for 30-something years, retired to go take care of her own mother with Alzheimer's. Mm. And while she was caring for her mother with Alzheimer's, she started showing signs of dementia. Wow. So they had to move my grandmother into a nursing home and my mother, you know, her dementia started to progress. So I would go down to Rhode Island and I would help her out and I would take her to the doctor and we started getting her tested and realized she has dementia. And then, you know, we moved her back to Maine about five years ago. And she, I, I feel like she missed out on, on the days she so badly longed for. She so wanted to retire and just travel. She loved traveling. Mm. And she didn't get that. Yeah. She didn't get that. And um, so then, you know, and then and then on top of it, here I am moving her into this place where nobody can really communicate with her. It just mm-hmm. didn't feel good. Yeah. So oh. having her back with us now that we ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's sort of fate. Right. It's like, a, yeah, it's like the gift that you didn't expect. Right. How do the two women with dementia, how do they interact? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, this could be like, I feel like this could be a reality It's a little bit of a love story in some ways, to be honest with you. I mean, there's moments it's difficult. Don't get me wrong. And um, my mother-in-law, she and I actually have conversations about her dementia, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And my mother is not at that point. She's past that point. So Mm -hmm. we, so we just live light, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, But when my mother first moved in, I think it rattled my mother-in-law a little bit because we had to move her to the upstairs second floor because she could do stairs and my mother really can't. It's too dangerous. And I think it sort of shook the foundation a little bit. But my mother's spirit is so incredibly magical and mm-hmm. beautiful that I think it was only a matter of time, you know, before my husband's mother started really connecting to my mom and helping to make her lunches every day and was, you know, did you have something to eat? She would ask her, would you like a drink? And she would start being really helpful. And it gave her a purpose. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, what a beautiful And I was watching this all unfold. Like the purpose was unfold. Her purpose, you know, at this point in her life was unfolding and you could see her 
taking some pride in that. And I could see her lighten up. She -hmm. was starting to become happier. And she's becoming more and more confused now. And we actually talk about that, Mm -hmm. you know, so she's Mm -hmm. not uh, doing as much for my mother as she was, but it was really quite amazing to watch that whole process unfold in the organic way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, well, even if they just, I guess, have each other, like yes. sitting on the couch yes. or something, you know, yes, it's, yeah. you know, having that generation, mm-hmm. um, but not having it like in a nurse, you know, in a nursing home, right. But in it's in a home. natural setting, mm-hmm. in a natural setting with my little kids running around. And by the way, my mother meets my kids every day. Oh my gosh. So it's every like the joy day. of it. Of, oh, oh my gosh. She's like, like Groundhog Day. Oh, yes, it is. <gasps> it is. And she's always saying, it's like 51st dates. You know, yeah. she wakes up and everything is just new again. Right. And, and even within a few seconds, sometimes everything's new again. Mm-hmm. She meets my husband over and over again. It's the sweetest I, that's why I record her a lot and I post a lot of videos and I know that, you know, it may be concerning to some people who feel that people with dementia can't make informed consent, you know, but she's, but she was, I mean, if she knew that she was bringing such lightness which, oh, absolutely. And to you and others, the I mean, world is so, yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. And literally the world has seen my mother mm-hmm. and that it taps into that little girl. Oh my gosh, it's got the circle. Like she, yes. like all those years of maybe she doesn't recognize that she's been seen. She, she was quote time. unquote invisible. Yeah. So look, look at that connection. Oh my gosh. I just, I actually oh just gosh. made that connection just right? now. You know, it's the, that feeling yeah. of invisibility You'd that was inherited from my mother mm-hmm. and she felt invisible. Mm-hmm. And now she's not invisible. No. She is so seen mm. and she's so loved by the world. Mm. Maybe that's good. That's it. The, the MJ stories or something, MJ and mom. Oh, it's I don't the chronicles. Know. Of, yeah, you the, know, yeah yes. you've got so, I mean, you have so much material in the best way because yeah. you're such a, I mean, MJ and I just met 48 hours ago. Yeah. We just like kind of immediately <laughs> fell in love and we were talking and talking. We have so much in common and Jen was there and the three of us are talking. And um, I said something about being a Scorpio and she's like, oh, you're a Scorpio. And, That's I was like, right. yeah. That's and then right. like two hours later, she goes, oh, when is your birthday? And I said, oh, it's October 31st. And she just stood there and she said, that's my birthday too. <laughs> I know, I love that. <laughs> Which is so unusual. Yeah. Have somebody, I mean, I have a th- 365 days to have a shared birthday with somebody you just met. And to have it be Halloween, which I think is so great. So fun. Yeah, it's like the best birthday. <laughs> it really is. And so, yeah, we had that. And then, of course, we had the shared common grief experience of losing our father yes. in the past six months. And, you know, it was, um, you had said, I lost, you know, my, my dad died. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And you said, yeah. And you kind of were ready to move on. And I said, my, I lost my dad too. And you just, it was like, we both knew like, mm. yeah, it's, I know. It's so hard. And until you've lost someone like that, you, you don't get it. Mm-mm. But And that was what I discovered. That it is a, a, an experience that you cannot possibly understand until you go through it yourself. And I'm so grateful that I met you and that we have this connection now because you really are an incredible human being. And I feel so grateful for this entire week, this entire experience, even sitting in this, you know, in this (laughs) space with you and having shared that with each other. Me too. And 
Well, and Jen is the connector for us. She really is. Because you yeah. are, so let's like close off by going back to the very beginning, which was you had come down to see her and sign at her meeting with a Liz Gilbert and they, this beautiful free event they held. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you went to it and I mean, it was probably kind of indescribable, but yeah. what did you, what were the things that struck you about that event? Here's what's, here's what strikes me every mm-hmm. day now that yes. I experience meeting people who, who are sort of like-minded, if you will. Absolute magic. Mm-hmm. There is no other way to describe it. It is absolute magic. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I am so incredibly grateful for the gifts that I have been able to uh, receive being an interpreter being a child of deaf parents, being somebody who has recently lost a parent, having walked the journey of death with my father, all of these things. And that it was like my entire year summed up in one day. Mm-hmm. It was magic. Yeah. Well, I think what's so amazing is when we, people are afraid to feel like this, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what, like what Jen just breaks through right away. Yeah is that, hey, being human is all of it. Mm. And you don't have to put on a pretty face for social media, for anybody. This is real. It's dark. It's messy. It's snotty. It's all this stuff. Like it's, it's hard and it can be hard just sometimes for people to get up in the morning if they have a lot of, um, fear or grief, um, pain. And the best way to get on with it is to move through it. That, is to not that's right. It. Do not just resist to, it. No, you got to move through just, it. You have to move through it. And that's been, that's been a great gift for me is mm-hmm. it's just moving through pain, not resisting, not seeking something else to fill the void. That's a first for me. I'm a seeker, mm-hmm. right? I, I will reach out and try to just consistently find a Band-Aid. And, and I stopped. I stopped doing that. And, and the things that I'm seeking are, are really magical, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and it's like the word of the day is enchantment. That was mm. the, the, the big takeaway from that day. It's just enchantment. And, and that's what happens when you allow yourself to break open rather than and stay, be seen and be seen, right. yeah. be seen, mm-hmm. take a risk, be brave, yeah. you know, be brave for 20 seconds. I remember a teacher at the university, um, where she she's a professor in, in in linguistics, and I remember her saying, "Be brave for twenty seconds. That's a long time. That is. But but it, in the big scheme of things, it's not. So if you're just brave for twenty seconds, imagine what can happen in those twenty seconds. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's you know? amazing. Well, I think it's all about um, being open. Yeah. Being um, available and and knowing that as humans, we have to stand up for each other. Yes, we do. In, in all the different walks, it doesn't matter. Um, again, what you know, what you look like, what your abilities are. It, we have to stand up for each other. We and, do. And, um, stop separate, separating, and stop labeling and um, being fearful of somebody that's different. But yeah. instead, really um, smile. Be the, I always say, be the first to smile because you never know what that could just be giving somebody permission to have that 20 seconds of being brave. Yes. Because some people like think that they don't want to be seen. And yeah. Some of the, you know, it's be like, the space, be the mm-hmm. space for people. Yay. Well, thank you so much. So um, MJ, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Okay. 
So my handle, is that what you call it? <laughs> I, 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 know, I, I don't have it. the social media talk down. Um, my handle on Instagram is The Heart Sessions. Mm-hmm. And um, on Facebook right now, it's still my personal page, but I've maxed out. It's sort of, Thank you can yeah. you can follow me. It's MJ Grant. Um, I think I'm going to develop another mm-hmm. page mm-hmm. that is The Heart Sessions, but somebody already has that name on Facebook. So I'm trying to think of something else because I do post a lot about my mother. Mm-hmm. I post a lot about my journey. I post... Um, just, just moments of, you know, sort of epiphanies or, or moments of beauty or moments of, that are magical mm. and, and even sad moments. Yeah. And um, they're it, magical too. They, right? they are. And that's the thing is yeah. that sad, hard, you mm. know, all that stuff, the snot, everything, it's yeah. all, it all leads to magic. Yeah. Yes. And so do you are on YouTube or with those? As I do well, have or? a YouTube account and I need to actually keep, yeah. I, I don't really update it very Maybe much. Maybe if but you, it's, people just Google you. Yeah. Google MJ Grant. If you Google um, dementia can be beautiful. That's a hashtag that I had put on that original video. Dementia can be beautiful because it can be mm-hmm. because it, it removes the veil. Right. I love that. Yeah. It the veil. And, and often, t- um, yeah, it almost brings people back to their childlike oh, yes. state. Oh, uh, yes. And it sounds like your mom is in that, like the childlike wonder of things being a first. Yes. And just having joy and, and she deserves it. She really does. She absolutely does. And it brings me joy to be able to bring her to the world. And because the, the gifts that she's receiving are incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on today. It was wonderful. And I'm so happy we're friends now. Same here. Thanks for having me. This was great. And pulling for all of you as usual. Hugs from me to you. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.